We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. I appreciate you guys tuning in. This episode is, of course, brought to you by Prize Picks. We'll get into that a little bit later. And today we're going to talk about the 49ers emphatic statement win over the Steelers to the tune of 30 to seven. Now I have to start this podcast out with an apology. Uh, I mean, I said it in the 300 episode with Crocker. I said it before, even before the apology, as you can tell my voice still not great. It's struggling. It's it's, I don't even think it's, I don't even know if it's on the up and up. It's still struggling. I'm going to try and like tone my, inflection down a little bit so you don't have to uh to get all the uh, <laughs> like the limits of my voice but um anyways i i gotta start the pot off with an apology because you guys heard me said it say it with crocker on episode 300 you heard me say it uh last pod when we were kind of breaking the Steelers down in more detail um but i i kind of was uh was airing on the side of the Steelers moving into this game like i said i said it with crocker i I didn't think the 49ers were going to win. Um, in the last pod, the, the lead up to the game, I started to, you guys would probably, you know, you heard me wavering a little bit. You heard me talk about being on the fence between a 49ers and Steelers win. But to me, um, I certainly wasn't anywhere near convicted enough to to be able to act like I somehow saw a an, a dominant 30-7 to seven win coming. You know, like that just wasn't the way I saw this game playing out. When we are breaking down the Steelers game in more detail, one of the things we kind of uncovered via all the kind of just the basic, not base statistics, but kind of the more surface level stuff that that your ESPNs, that your NFLs, that your pro football references, those kind of stats keep track of. But one of the things we kind of uncovered was that the, the biggest mismatch in this game seemed to be 
the 49ers offense versus the Steelers offense when you compared the two. Steelers defense, very respectable. Most of their stats were very respectable. Some of them were on par with the 49ers, if not on par, not too far behind. So, you know, I expected the Steelers defense to give the 49ers, uh, you know, offense a little bit of a workout. But in the end, it was the 49ers offense that ended up being the, I am, I don't even screw that. Both sides of the ball were just dominant in, in, in a, in a, in a way we don't see that often. I think the Steelers team is a lot better than the 49ers just made them look. I'll say that. Um, the 49ers, you know, we've seen them in years past. They typically start slow. This was an away game. It was in an early time slot against a good defense. Uh, and I, I just thought this would be a, a game where the 49ers struggled and struggled. They did not. Now they weren't perfect. There were plenty of little things in there that, that we can talk about that kind of will need to get better when it comes to going against better teams. But Overall, I was I was very impressed by what the 49ers put on tape. And uh, and let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. The first thing we're going to get to is the old Cardinals quarterback Patrick Peterson had a little something to say before the game. Said Kyle Shanahan's offense has tells. And, you know, he'll talk about him after he gets his interception. And obviously that caught a, a lot of 49ers fans' attention. And um, didn't didn't go so well. Not only did Peterson not get a pick. Uh, he got picked on. Brandon Ayuk got him for two touchdowns, one kind of just over the middle. Looked like it, it could either be a choice route or just an in route. Uh, Peterson waited for him like at the top of the break, and Ayuk just cut him in half, sent him to the turf, and had about five yards of separation over the middle when he caught it uh, for Brock Purdy's first touchdown. And then on the second one, uh, you know what's funny is in in the after the game during the press conference, Purdy made it clear that on the first touchdown he didn't know that he was throwing at Patrick Peterson. But on the second touchdown, he did. And he saw that Ayuk hadn't necessarily gotten separation yet, so he threw a back shoulder, and Ayuk perfectly turned and caught it, basically with Patrick Peterson draped all over him. And that was for uh, the second touchdown scored on Peterson. And then on McCaffrey's long touchdown run, one, Brandon Ayuk pancaked a, a, a Steelers defender. And then... Ray Ray McLeod comes flying out of nowhere to uh, to start blocking Patrick Peterson. Peterson eventually shakes him, but then just gets ran over by McCaffrey into the end zone. So, um, shout out to KNBR for a pretty hilarious um, "Hello Darkness, Darkness, My Old Friend" tweet featuring the old Pat P. Uh, but give it a look. Uh, I mean, no one on the Steelers defense got an interception, so uh, that kind of leads me into my. Uh, my my prize pick summary for the day, which was was not great, not great, Bob. Um, just to kind of summarize what I went through, I thought George Kittle would have more than forty one receiving yards. He did not. He only got nineteen. Uh, I thought Brock Purdy would throw one interception. That's that's what I thought. And you know the selection was more than point five, and he did not. He threw zero. And then uh, I thought Kenny Pickett would throw less than two hundred and twelve yards. And he did not. He threw through for 232, which in my defense, those yards were most of which were in garbage time. But hey, that's how the selections work on prize picks. So I went 0 for 3, just like Patrick Peterson. Um, so hey, if you haven't already, jump on prizepicks.com slash gold, G-O-L-D. You can do better than me right out the gate. Like immediately you will be able to reply to 
my prize fix results and and be doing better than me. I know it. I'm from here on out. I'm going to like screenshot the selections because what I would like to do is is go back and look at the entries that I should have picked. You know, and with prize picks, you can pick between two and six players, and um, you're just choosing more or less. More receiving yards, less receiving yards. More touchdowns, less touchdowns. More interceptions, less interceptions. More rushing, receiving yards, less. You know, you guys get the the point. But so your boy on his first on his first entry of the year, his first power play of the year went 0 for three. But we're gonna we're gonna recover. We're gonna recover. I promise you that. But the point being, y'all should be on this with me when you see me author my post game prize picks tweet. Reply with yours and and at least make striking gold as a whole look better because your boy didn't 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 hold up his end of the bargain today. So y'all need to be over there playing along with me um, just to make us look good because I know you're going to do better than me. I'm just putting it out there again. Prizefix.com slash gold G O L D. That will basically tell them that I sent you. So go support your boy. And again, they're going to match uh, your deposit up to a hundred dollars. So. Uh, Make that happen. Get on there. Pricefix.com slash gold. So let's keep going. Oh, 0 for 3 on prize picks. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. At least the 49ers did their thing. Uh, Brock Purdy. He looked just fine. Wouldn't y'all agree? Brock Purdy looked just fine. Uh, he went 19 of 29. That's 65% for 220 yards, averaging 7.5 yards per attempt. Uh, two touchdowns, no interception for a 111 quarterback rating. Now, there was kind of a, uh, I guess you can say, a, a clear difference between the first half 49ers offense and the second half 49ers offense. At the half, Brock Purdy was 14 of 21, which is, I think that's roughly, what is that, 66%? And 151 yards and two touchdowns. So, in a matter of, you know, in the second half, I mean, do some basic math here. He threw eight more passes and completed five of them. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's deceiving to me. So, it just seemed like the 49ers offense in the second half was a lot more stale. Um, they were on the back foot a little bit. The Steelers really amped up the pressure they were putting on Purdy. But just statistically, it, it doesn't look as bad as I initially thought it was. So, uh, I thought Bur- Purdy looked good. I thought, um, you know, he walked into the post-game presser. He was all smiles. He was playing confident. I mean, you're throwing 30-yard back shoulder throws to the corner of the end zone to Brandon Ayuk, the front corner. He's evading pressure, probably rolled left 10 times. He's throwing off his back foot. He's throwing across his body. He's making guys miss. He's rolling up. He's scrambling. Uh, now that's you could look at that partly as a bad thing, given the offensive line was they did okay. They did okay. They, the Steelers are coming at you with a very, very good defensive front. I believe the Steelers have more money invested into their defensive front than the 49ers do. I thought I saw a chart before the game that said that, which is surprising, especially consider Nick Bosa's contract. But uh, I thought Purdy looked good. Um, he, like I said, he went after Patrick Peterson on that second touchdown throw and put it exactly where he needed it. He was, uh, he was confident enough to call a fourth down, uh, along with Kyle Shanahan, obviously to call a fourth down conversion throw to George Kittle. They only needed one yard. They motioned George Kittle from right to left, uh, faked the handoff, which most people would definitely bite on that handoff. And then just threw it to him in the flat. Brock Purdy looked good. He looked, 
very comfortable. I I made a not a joke, but I made an observation when the before the first drive started. The broadcast showed a close up of Purdy, and the dude looked genuinely bored, like he's just about to start his first game of the season, his first year as the bona fide starter. You know, he came in last year after both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. This year, he's the man, and the dude looked cool as ice. Like, you know, like he was, it, it just, he almost looked bored. He looked like he was a little tired, and he just goes on down there and leaves a touchdown drive um, So to open the game. It was impressive. Purdy looked good. I'm trying to think if he had any bad. He had a couple throws that were batted down, by, both by Patrick Peterson, I think. A lot of, uh, on social media, I saw people saying that, Patrick Peterson dropped an interception. It didn't look like he dropped an interception. It looked like he just got his hand in front of the ball. Um, we know what else happened there. I can hear my voice just kind of like waning. I'm sorry. I know it's I know it's tough to listen to. I apologize. It's obviously not by choice. But it ain't getting any better. We got a big game this week against another middle school. So I'm going to be coaching my ass off this week. Overall, I was just very impressed with Brock Purdy. He looked calm. He looked collected. He looked confident. He was making all the throws. Him and Brandon Ayuk have a have a budding relationship. This is going to be a big year for Brandon Ayuk. Um, I'm mad at him for not throwing the ball to George Kittlemore and getting me one of my my prize fix entries. But I mean, whatever. I'm not gonna not gonna be that type of guy. Come on now. Um, let's keep moving because we don't don't forget we got to get to your takeaways, um, which I've, I've got them up here. They're right here, but uh, we're not there yet. Huge, just a huge start for Steve Wilkes, the 49ers' new defensive coordinator. I mean, this team was all over the place. They were playing fast. They were playing furious, um, just like the movie. They were getting after it all game long. I mean, Drake Jackson got his third sack in like the fourth quarter. Javon Hargrave got his first sack in the fourth quarter. Still going against the first string offensive lineman. Kerry Hyder got a sack in the fourth quarter. Uh, it, it was just a nonstop assault. You're looking at one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight tackles for loss. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine quarterback hits. Two interceptions. One, two, three, four pass breakups. The 49ers defense was absolutely dominant. I think they forced five three and outs in a row, one of which was uh, an interception by Charvarius Ward. Just bullies. Absolute bullies. Fred Warner was flying around. Like it just, it looked like they got right back after it. It looks like they're not going to skip a beat um, under Steve Wilkes, but we'll see. I wouldn't necessarily say the Steelers' offense is the best measuring stick. You know, I expected them to be significantly better than they were last season, but they didn't do much. Uh, let's take a look at, at Pickett's numbers. He threw the ball 46 times and only managed 232 yards. That is a, that's only five yards of pass. That man was, Throwing for his life. He was sacked five times for 34 yards. He only threw one touchdown to two interceptions. Um, uh, the Steelers' leading receiver was Allen Robinson with five catches for 64 yards. Uh, Dante, Deontay Johnson had three catches for 48. And uh, George Pickens, who had a lot of hype heading into this game, only had five catches for 36 yards. So not, not a whole lot of success to be found on the run game. Najee Harris only had six carries for 31 yards. Um, the whole run game as as the run game as a whole averaged forty point one four point one yards per carry. So uh, it was from top to bottom just a, an impressive impressive defensive effort 
Uh, we'll get into kind of the standouts from that defense in a little bit, but it was it was funny because the Steelers won the coin toss and they elected to receive. Most teams in the NFL will elect to defer and their offense will get the ball at the start of the second half and their defense opens the game. That seems like something the Steelers would do, but they went with offense first and went three and out. Drake Jackson with the sack on the very first drive. That kind of set the tone. Like, you're not going anywhere. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Super impressive. Nick Bosa was out there. Um, didn't get a sack. Probably a little irritated about that. Ended up with two total tackles and one quarterback hit. And that was it. But on one play, I just happened to be looking. Nick Bosa got triple teamed. Uh, so, and I think that's the treatment. I mean, guys, we're talking about the defensive player of the year. The NFL decided that Nick Bosa was the NFL's best defensive player last year. That person's going to get a lot of a lot of attention in the eyes of the offense, unless they've got a super stud left or right tackle. Maybe they'll feel more comfortable in that. But he got a lot of attention. Like I took I took one look at Nick Bosa, like the entire rep, and he got triple teamed. So that I that I can guarantee you that wasn't the only time. So Nick Bosa, not a huge game, but. A big game for Nick Bosa, I think y'all will agree, is just leaving the football field healthy after a weird offseason and holding out all offseason and uh, getting paid and coming out there and just playing around 40 snaps, which is what they were targeting, and didn't get hurt, didn't have any issues. So, uh, I mean, that's a huge win right there. He'll turn it up. On the opposite side of the ball, I'm not so sure of, uh, you know, we'll get to it later because we've kind of got its own its own little section here. All right, let's get into some standouts, people that I just thought had themselves a hell of a game, a game ball, if you will. Right up top has to be Brandon Ayuk. He caught eight catches on eight targets for 129 yards at 16.1 yards a pop with two touchdowns. He looked exactly like the receiver that I have been praising all offseason. I mean, he looked like it last year too, but one of the things Crocker brought up in episode 300 was you know, now it's time for Ayuk to start making those crazy ass catches that make him the elite receiver that I think he is. But it's not that he can't find another level. You know, I think Ayuk is right on the verge of being a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Um, and maybe once he starts making those crazy ass catches, people start respecting him as, as something higher than that. So big game for here, that big game for him here, that back shoulder catch against, uh, Patrick Peterson, and he came up big on third down many times. What was crazy is, is Brock Purdy would scramble, roll, find Ayuk, throw to it, and when I when he would throw to Ayuk, Ayuk would have like five yards of separation. So the dude is just getting open. It's impressive. Uh, he is that guy. He is that guy. My next standout was um, another easy one, Drake Jackson. Dude finished the game with uh, three total tackles. Three sacks for 20 yards, three quarterback hits, and two tackles for loss. I mean, that is exactly what the 49ers wanted to see from Drake Jackson. The, they need someone opposite Nick Bosa to make waves. And if you're going to triple team Bosa, then that should have some kind of ramification along the defensive line. And it did. And uh, and Jackson had three sacks because of it. So that is that could not have been a better season debut for Jackson and uh, the 49ers are going to be hoping that that persists because when you couple that type of success with Nick Bosa winning his matchups, 
whether it's against one to three people, then you've got a little bit of magic. Then you've got some problems on uh, on offensive line. Um, obviously, another standout that we already talked about was Brock Purdy. Just exactly what his debut had to be. Coming off of an injury, now he's the man. Is he going to look good, or are people just going to use his performance as some type of stepping stone to continue to argue about Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? And as for this week, uh, he kind of he kind of blocked out the noise with that performance right there. And even Nick Bosa in the press conference was like, "Yeah, he he shut the haters up." And I don't necessarily think there's that many Purdy haters out there. Like, I'm not. I would be unclear as to what Purdy has done to give you any excuse to hate him. Uh, you might disagree with the 49ers path at quarterback, but Purdy coming out there and showing up and showing out is uh, is what the 49ers needed to keep to keep that confidence going. Because uh, you know, if you think about it, they're set at quarterback for the first time in a while. You know, and, and without anything weird going on in this moment, not that weird shit didn't just happen, but in this moment. Purdy's the starter, Darnold's the backup, Allen's um, the third QB, emergency QB. So it ain't weird right now. And knock on wood, hopefully it stays that way. But Purdy going out and playing like that really makes it seem even less weird. Uh, again, to have a guy like Purdy playing at the level he's playing at, and he's only making like 900K, you know, that's how you, uh, so you surround him with talent. Now, the one thing I, I need to say while I'm mentioning money is the 49ers also restructured Eric Armstead's um, contract since we've last been here, and now they lead the NFL in salary cap space with $42 million. Next closest behind them is 35 Now, I, I expect that to just be a nice, healthy cushion for whatever money needs to. I mean, that does include the money that that is going to Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's contract number this year is only $11 million. Um, but, I mean, you go to 24 that jumps up to 15 million. Then you jumps up, jump up to 25. That jumps up to 20 million, 26, 42 million. So they definitely backloaded Nick Bosa's contract, but he's obviously a player that they expect to probably restructure or excuse me, extend. But in 26 and 27, Nick Bosa's contract numbers are 52 and um, 42 million. <laughs> which are just funny numbers to look at on here. Um, Eric Armstead's contract number in 26, uh, 0, 25, 15 million, 24, 18, 28 million. Okay. So I'm just trying to, get to look at these and get a sense for what they were doing with their numbers. Okay. Eric. Okay. Yeah. Eric Armstead's next year is going to be interesting. Um, because if they cut him after June 1st, they save 18 million on that 28 million. So I'm obviously not advocating for them to um, get rid of Armstead. He's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. But just looking at kind of things and the way they're playing out, um, obviously, I think the 49ers will be perfectly content letting that 42 million roll over to next year so it could get added to whatever cap space they're going to have. Because as of right now, they are 24 million over the salary cap, but that was 40 something million. Not that long ago. So it'll get weird. It'll get weird. But I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about that. Let's get back to my standouts. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. The dudes were just everywhere. Everywhere. Fred Warner had eight tackles. Dre Greenlaw had six. They both had a tackle for loss. Fred Warner had a pass breakup that resulted in an interception. Um, They were all over the place, man. And uh, they really looked like that dominant duo that we've just – 
for some unknown reason have come to expect in red and gold. Like the 49ers just have dominant linebackers and that's it. That's just the way it is, um, which is, is wild. It's, and they just, they look like it out there. Um, even Katie was watching the game and was like, who's the dude with the dreads? He's just dominating. He seems kind of like an asshole. I was like, yeah, he is. He is. That's, that's what he does. Um, you know, the predator type dreads suit him absolutely perfectly because he looks about the size of the predator. Do it. Do it now. Um, Christian McCaffrey. That's an easy one. There's no way to not mention, mention Christian McCaffrey and a little bit of a breaking news here. This is my first year, not playing fantasy football in like, I don't know, 10 years. And uh, Christian McCaffrey was on my team last year. Probably would have kept him this year, but it was fun last year having him on my squad. Like I had him on my squad when he was with the Panthers, drafted him and then gets straight into the 49ers. And man, was that a lot of fun. McCaffrey had 22 carries for 152 yards. That's almost seven yards a carry 6.9 NI point CE. Um, and a touchdown where he ran over Patrick Peterson. He also had three catches for 17 yards. The next Christian McCaffrey had 22 carries. The next closest person behind him was Elijah Mitchell with five. So, and they're, they're counting Darnold's two where he took a knee, but clearly the guy, there was about probably two series there where I was like, okay, he doesn't need to be in the game anymore, but he was, um, and he's the man. If the 49ers are going to go all the way or they're going to go a lot of the way, you know, whatever, it's going to be on the back of McCaffrey or a lot of it's going to be. He's one of the uh, the new pillars of this team. So impossible not to mention him. Just an absolute maniac. On that huge touchdown run, 65-yarder, he put a spin move on somebody that just put him in the cycle. It was awesome. Uh, kickers and punters. How could we? How could we not have mentioned this already? I mean, I've got them on the list. I guess this is the appropriate time to to mention them. But kickers and freaking punters. Jake Moody in his NFL debut made all three of his field goals. I think it was 36, 40, and forty one. Thirty two, forty, and forty one. Let me see. Let me make. Let me make sure. Yeah, forty one, forty, and thirty two. Made all three of those and made all three extra points. He was 100% on the day. All of his kicks looked perfectly normal and straight. So a huge debut for Moody, especially coming off a, a leg injury that they weren't even sure if he was going to be able to kick. Mitch Wisnowski also had himself a game. He only punted three times, but all three of those were inside the 10-yard line. And he disp- like So look, typically you don't have very high punting averages while you're also putting – Balls in the ten inside the ten yard line because it just usually doesn't work out that way. You're not kicking far punts and kicking them inside the ten. It's just usually the end zone is kind of hindering your kicks from being able to max out. Well, Wisniewski put all three of his inside the ten and still averaged forty five yards a punt, which is way up there. So it was a great game for him. Even Raymond McLeod looked good. He uh, he returned three. Um, returns for 41 yards. Um, it was good to see him back out there after after suffering a hand injury uh, that he quickly recovered from and made it out there. So a huge, a huge day for special teams. It looked like they had a little bit of a. I don't know if the Steelers were trying to return middle or if the 49ers were are weak in the middle or both. But uh, the 49ers looked like they were giving a little too much, 
giving up a little too much yardage in the middle of their kickoff formation. So that'll probably be something that they adjust going forward. It's always more fun to be there for live 49ers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. All right, it's time. I need to come up with like an intro for our takeaway, takeaway, time, time. You know what I mean? Like we got to come up with something. I'll have to get with Tyler on this. Some sort of, you know, we can call it the prize picks takeaway, prize picks post-game takeaway time. You know, that's a lot of P's and T's. Prize picks post-game takeaway time. Is post-game one word? I think it is. It's kind of good. Prize picks post-game takeaway time. Say that three times fast. It, it might start flowing off the tongue. I think we just found something live. The prize picks post-game takeaway time. Like If I had any sort of a voice right now, that would actually sound cool. But right now, it just sounds lame. So I apologize. But hey, here we go. Let's get into it. I've got the tweet. And, you know, Just to feel that much more satisfying about this, I'm going to close out every other tab I have, except for the game summary. I can't close that out. We're going to get into your takeaways. I'm going to go to the very bottom first. And at the very bottom, we've got Fred Warner is a genetic mutant. He's always got a good name. And I always got a creative name. He had some aimed at me last season in, in a good way. Nothing. nothing. Um, okay. So Fred Warner is a genetic mutant says, if this trend continues, Debo Samuel's getting traded and the 49ers are paying Ayuk. Ayuk has two touchdowns. And my favorite play of his was the block downfield. Drake Jackson showing up in a big way. 49ers look Every inch the Super Bowl contender we thought they were. Well said. I mean, I hate to lean too far into the what's going to happen with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel storyline. I think there's a lot of different ways. That's why I'm not too certain the 49ers are going to look to do too much with their added cap space. They have problems like this that they're going to have to solve. And I've said it on the pod before. You guys have heard me say it. Like if someone forced me to choose between paying Brandon Ayuk and and keeping Debo Samuel, I would would pay Brandon Ayuk because as you saw, he offers that downfield threat, that big play threat. And don't get me wrong. I'm going to, you know, don't get me wrong. Debo Samuel is a big play threat. But a lot of what Debo did um, is – can be done by Christian McCaffrey. And I even I'm even hesitant to say that because Debo Samuel is such a unique player. But I do feel like that storyline is going to start getting more conversation. You know, do they keep Debo and still try to pay Ayuk? Do they keep both? Uh probably seems unlikely given how many players they have on this team that are giving get are getting paid. I was upset because I forgot to mention this, but I had this picture from the Pat McAfee show. The 49ers have the Highest paid defensive player in Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, averaging 34 a year. They have the highest paid running back, Chris McCaffrey, $16 million a year. The highest paid fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, at $5.4 million a year. The third highest paid tight end at $15 million a year. 
the third highest paid left tackle at $23 million a year, the third highest paid linebacker, $19 million a year, the sixth highest paid defensive tackle, $21 million a year, um, and the seventh highest paid wide receiver in Debo Samuel, the $23 million a year. You know, now you do have Brock Purdy making nine hundred and something thousand, but that this is when stuff has to give. So, are they willing to let Brandon Ayuk go? Are they willing to make some moves in order to allow him to be paid? Those are the you're gonna. It's gonna as Brandon Ayuk continues to have the season he's having, um, it's gonna become a more common talking point. DJ forty four sixty seven says Ayuk is not playing around this year, and Drake Jackson had himself a game. Let's go Niners! We've got two Brandon Ayuks and two Drake Jacksons. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, back points. Ayuk figuring it out has been fun to watch. It has been fun to watch, and uh, credit to Kyle Shanahan a little bit for being hard on him. Um, we saw Dante Pettis not really respond to that type of coaching, just kind of fade his way out. I believe he's still in the league but he certainly did not develop into the receiver that the 49ers thought he was going to. Um, and Ayuk responded to that and has completely taken his game to another level. And I'm not saying that was all because of Kyle Shanahan, um, because in the end, it's your own decision, how you're going to play and how you're going to handle criticism. And Ayuk has handled it well. And the man is just a stone cold killer right now. A man, a few words, short answers, quiet, but just goes out there and does the damn thing. Talanoa Sefanga. This team looks hungry. They do. They do. I think they know that things are going to get tight, you know, with the salary cap, with the way players are getting paid, and with the way this league works. I think they know this this might be their year, you know, and I'm not making a prediction, but I think they know that. I think they have to know that. Clay writes, says, Brock Purdy is him. Slow starts for who? This team is making it to the Super Bowl if we stay healthy. Uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Like I said, Brock Purdy looked like him and it was not a slow start for the 49ers. I, you heard me. I was predicting a slow start. Um, especially, you know, with all the dumb shit that happened in the off season and the dumb stuff that everybody was talking about and Brock Purdy coming back from his injury and the 49ers didn't look like they cared about any of that. So guys, here we go. Outside of one drive. Couldn't have asked for better. Great start. Complete domination. Even Moody and Wisnowski were perfect. Hey man, we're on the same we're on the same wavelength. Purdy looked good and has his swagger. He does. He does. Random AEW. Y'all didn't know I watched AD, AEW, do you? Um, when Purdy, I think he did the little slime and then he pointed for like a first down. I don't know if anybody's gonna get this reference, but there's a dude named Look Up Danhausen on YouTube. And he, this dude is like a total goofball, but he curses people and he puts both of his fingers up almost like a first down gesture. And then when he raises them up all the way, that's when he like officially curses them. And, um, I, for a brief second, I thought Purdy was doing the Dan housing, Dan housing curse. And I was going to lose my mind. Um, yeah, I, I'm a, I, I try to watch a little AEW in my off time. Uh, still on Sograz's tweet, Ayuk wants to get paid. Yes, he does, and he will a lot by somebody. Hopefully the 49ers. Again, I've been banging his drum for years. Um, I, I would love to, to keep watching him play. The defense is still elite. Yes, it is. And and we don't really have a gauge on how capable the Steelers' offense was, but it doesn't really matter. You know, if you're going to be – if they okay, I'll, I'll rephrase that. If the Steelers' offense is capable – and the 49ers defense is unbelievable because they made them look less than pedestrian. 
Still on Sograz's tweet, a little concerned about McKivitz, but TJ is special. We'll wait and see. Yeah, it was a rough game for Colton McKivitz. I forgot to mention that. Um, I had my concerns, and I just forgot to say them. Colton McKivitz was one of them. Now, again, he was going up against TJ Watt, the, you know, an edge rusher that's that's on caliber with, with Nick Bosa. I would not say equal, but he's right there with him. Second highest paid edge rusher, I believe. And he got himself some sacks. Now, not all sacks are created equal, but one of those, Colton McKivitz got beat around the outside. And TJ Watt hit Brock Purdy hard and uh, got a little bit of helmet-to-helmet contact in there, but it wasn't as bad as I initially thought it was. But uh, and like like you said, so grass, it's it's TJ Watt. So how much of that is him just playing like shit, which is scary in and of itself, and how much of that is him just trying to go up against one of the best defensive players in the NFL? You said it. We'll wait and see. Kitty Montoya, healthy team is fun to watch and has a clear path to the Super Bowl. I agree. Um, and and you know, knock on whatever you want to knock on, but they need to uh, they need to stay healthy. And, and that's not always their choice, but it's just basically a prerequisite for going all the way. Nick Bosa where? Nick Bosa was out there, didn't do a whole lot, but again, and, and it was really only one rep, but the one rep I watched him, he got triple teamed. But I don't think it's a coincidence that Nick Bosa uh, was kind of held in check, but everybody else went off. You know, Jake Jackson, three sacks. Javon Hargrave, his first sack with the 49ers. Kerry uh, Hyder got a sack. Eric Armstead was going crazy. He didn't have a sack to his name, but that man was causing problems. So, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm not using it as an excuse for Nick Bosa, but it, it also bodes well for him that everybody else was going off while he was being contained. Uh, better offensive tackle to protect Brock. Yeah, they're, we'll see. Um, they're not going to have a whole lot of leeway with Colton McKivitz. I mean, we... We saw, let me go back to defense here. The Steelers got three sacks via TJ Watt. And TJ Watt also had two additional quarterback hits not that weren't included in the sacks. And then two more by two other players. So that's, I mean, you can't let Purdy get hit seven times a game. Antonio McFly, we did what we were expected to do. Let's temper expectations. Are we good or is Pitt bad? Or is Pitt Bad key takeaways. Uh, that's always a weird thing to start the season. I mean, give, I think the 49ers have proven that they deserve to be given the benefit of the doubt when it comes to being good, especially the defense. I mean, and what we saw from the offense under Purdy to close out the year was was elite. It was exceptional. So it was just more of that, and we'll see if they can keep it going. Two fresh, great all-around win. Offense, defense, special teams, Wish and Moody were on point. McCaffrey was an absolute fire except for the bald spot. What bald spot? Does Christian McCaffrey have a bald spot? I mean, whatever. Ayuk looking elite officially. I like I had to take a moment to contemplate that. Unless there's like something I'm missing in the reference. Ayuk looking elite. Yes, he is. Officially concerned with any own lineman with Mick in his last name. Called McKivitz McGlinchey a couple times. Yeah, maybe it's the MC, man. Maybe you got to avoid those. Trent McWilliams, hey, it works. But uh, yeah, it was was not a strong game for McKivitz. But at the same time, like we said, do you do you crucify him for getting whooped by TJ Watt, or you just say, all right, let's see how you do next week? I tend to think more of the latter. But if it ends up being a consistent thing, then you you know what you have. Uh, Matt Lee came out of our came out with our hair on fire this year. Our defense hasn't lost a step under Steve Wilkes. 
McCaffrey and Ayuk already doing special things for our offense, and Brock looks great. We've got the momentum now. Just got to keep it rolling. Um, and I think the 49ers do keep it rolling if you look at that schedule. I think coming out and getting this win against the Steelers was a huge, huge deal because next week you've got the Rams. I mean, let me check in on that game because they were, they're playing right now against the, the Seahawks. Um, and they are currently up on the Seahawks 17 to 13. So that's an interesting game right there. When I was watching like the first quarter of it, it didn't necessarily look like either team was doing anything incredible. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Start of the fourth quarter, Rams up 17 to 13. When I get done recording here, I'm going to go uh, finish that out. So uh, the 49ers do have momentum. Oh, what I was going to say was you've got the Rams. You're at the Rams next week. That's been a very friendly pace for the 49ers. Then you've got the New York Giants coming to Levi's Stadium at Thursday Night Football, a team that I think the 49ers are much better than. Not that the New York Giants are bad. We'll see if they've still got some of that swagger. But then you've got Cardinals at home the next week. And then you've got Dallas Cowboys at home the following week. You know, this is a a pretty crazy stretch of games. Cleveland Browns surprising people coming out there in week six for the 49ers, coming out and beating uh, the the Bengals, who just looked terrible. But uh, we'll see. Um, So, yeah, going back to Matt Lee's tweet, the 49ers have a chance to get a lot of momentum going. Michael McVay, wow, what a game. It felt like watching the final fight in Rocky III. Just such a great movie. Just full domination. Yes, there are some things to work on, but overall, great first game. Three sacks for Drake Jackson. The pick of Purdy described how we all feel right now. It's Purdy doing his first down celebration that I thought was going to be the Danhausen curse. I just can't. I couldn't. You got to look it up. Even if you don't watch wrestling whatsoever, just look up Danhausen curse and you'll see it. It's the goofiest thing ever. But it would be so hilarious if a professional football player was putting the Danhausen curse on opposing defenses. That would be awesome. Jeffrey K. Lyles. Man, it's good to see. It's so good to see these names back in the uh, in the in the in the takeaways. Uh, we're, we're building off our own momentum from last year. Last Niners game in Philly, I was recovering from a liver transplant. So happy for another year it takes. Um, hey, shout out to you, Jeffrey. I hope everything's okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm just hoping for good health for you and, and your loved ones. Hope everything's all right, man. Drake Jackson showed out. Time to start saving money for BA. That seems to be the general consensus. Right now, I think Brandon, despite the fact that 49ers have paid a lot of players, Seems like Brandon Ayuk is playing at a level where he might start to seem indispensable to this offense. We'll see. Um, And thrilled to see we are in December, January form in September. Yeah, no kidding. I think a lot of people are surprised by that, including myself. You heard me talk about it. So um, they look good. They look good. Wise guy, Brock Purdy franchise quarterback one confirmed. He's getting there. He's getting there. Like we said, the fourth, this is the first time 49ers have a completely like normal quarterback situation in a while. Not, Hey, I'm not saying anything's the result is, is what everyone intended. I'm just saying that like right now, everything's like normal. There's your knock on wood. Nick Bosa was invisible. Yes, he was. Um, I'm going to have to go back and walk back and watch that. I want to see how much attention he was drawing from the Steelers defensive or offensive line. Uh, Brandon, I, you must be paid again. I, I agree. You guys have heard me talking about him. Um, finally, last but certainly not least, my good friend, Omar Figueroa, 
The elite 49ers defense continues this year with a healthy Purdy and Christian freaking McCaffrey this season. This team will have another deep postseason run. Brandon Ayuk playing like it's his turn this year. Let's go. Well said. Well said. Uh, a great, a great takeaway to end it on. And hey, if you are uh, listening to this, these takeaways, I fire off a tweet after every game. It says takeaway time right on top. Reply with your takeaways and be a part of this segment. If you've been listening to this pod uh, and you you haven't done it yet, then do it. Let's go. I, I I will read them all. I will read them all. It may have to be quick, depending on how many I get, but I will read them all. I promise. Um, I think that's it for today. Let's go back and look at these scores. Okay, Rams still leading over the Seahawks, 17-13. Let's take a lo- another look at these other scores. Packers are beating the Bears. Um, Broncos are beating the Raiders. Dolphins are beating the Chargers. Eagles are just barely beating the Patriots. That's weird. And yeah, that's those are the only active games right now. This has been your news NFL news update. Anyways, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Remember, hop on prizepicks.com and then use promo code GOLD and they will match up to 100 bucks. All right. That tells them I sent you. Helps out your boy. And then again, I'm going to keep posting these price picks and I, I would love for you guys to do better than me. That's all I'm going to say. I would love to see you guys secure the bag while I fumble it, obviously, clearly, uh, just like Patrick Peterson. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you want to go a little bit further, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob underscore louder. You can um, get on uh, whatever app you listen to the pod and leave us a five-star review and talk about all the good things I do and how horrible my voice sounds. But um, I appreciate in the end you're here you're listening that's the ultimate form of support um, but it is what it is for another week and for another episode hey we're here guys we're here this is the start of the regular season and the 49ers are leaving 1-0 with a 30-7 to win over the Steelers can't start out much better um, for striking gold let's have a great year get on that takeaway time it's it's for all of us and uh, i can't wait to see what this what this year brings us guys it's gonna be a lot of fun um but hey for another episode i'm rob this is striking gold and we are signing out Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.